welcome back to Cradle of Court. When we last left off, our outlaws had boarded an airship heading from the frontier city of Alkenstar towards the easternmost outpost in Alkenstar Holdings, Cloud River Keep. From there, the outlaws planned to continue east towards the Spellscar Desert in search of a mysterious location known only as the Cradle of Quartz. However, in the midst of this peaceful journey, our crew, our outlaws, were interrupted by a strange attack by chimeric-like creatures. And in the ensuing chaos and confusion, our outlaws believe there is a saboteur in their midst. As a large chain was chucked into an engine, jamming it, rendering it broken, and leaving our ship stuck floating somewhere between Alkstar and Cloud Reaver Keep. As the ship is immediately under repair by Nolby and Gebin, and um, so, so as the goblins work hard to repair Nolby and Gebin, I got it right, as they work hard to repair uh, the engine, which they've given an estimated time of approximately an hour before you get going, there's no danger of the ship crashing, you guys are still floating. The only problem is with the uh, airship here with no engines working, you're kind of at the mercy of the wind that's blowing you around. So you're kind of like, like drifting and like kind of aimlessly across the sky, but you're not in danger of like crashing. I just want to make that clear. You're not like plummeting towards the ground. The engines just propel you. They don't keep you afloat. That's the airship part itself in which you guys are good to go. And we kind of open up on a dining hall scene where per special demand by the outlaws all of the crew and all of the passengers have been summoned to the dining room to discuss the events that have transpired and the camera sort of fades in we see this airship floating high above the ground clouds sort of coming through you guys through the little like glass on the side of the airship we can see almost like heated argument as like Phoebe Dunsmith is immediately demanding to know what happened on her ship. And she's kind of looking to you guys to sort of inform her because you guys have called this meeting. And I think we come in with you guys kind of having the floor. All eyes in this ship are on you, except for Nobi and Gibbon who are at work up in the cockpit or in the end. Phoebe, what are you doing here? <laughs> Phoebe, did I say Phoebe? What's her name? Why are you fucking Fair. following us? Go away. Not Phoebe. I thought you trusted four. us. Farah, Aldo, Farrah, the fair Farah Winslow. Where's Aldo? Aldo, pops Aldo out you're here too. Fuck yeah, Aldo! I was just using the bathroom and you guys took <laughs> off. Oh no. <laughs> okay, so I, I think with, with everybody assembled, I'm gonna. Uh, Serg stands up, scans everybody around, and then lean over to the the outlaws at large. Someone should get up on the ballista in case there's more of whatever hit us. I don't like that we're just stumbles for a little while for the appropriate expression, then can't find it. Stuck drifting at the mercy of the wind. You alright there, Halbrandt? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I feel better now. Oh, you, I, I am with you guys 100% from now on. Wow, you actually did get out of that very manic, oh my god, there's so much stuff that I can play with, I did, and it's all I crafty. Did. I mean, I'm yeah. so proud of you. 
Thank you. I think it's character development. Hang on. I hope so. I hope it sticks. Your face looks a little less like Saruk's as well. Not quite as, you know, green. Was it green? <laughs> no, that air sickness. Oh, right, right. I knew that. Yes. And then uh, looks to Refi, looks to Hal, looks to Refi, looks to Hal. One of you two, I'll give you my Giselle while you're up there. Bell is carried by Celessa into the room, bleeding out, almost dead. You know, medicine check with assurance. Medicine check with assurance. Two the eight. Right. What am I doing with this? Head up top. If there's anything that looks like it wants to kill Anita, do what you do. Right. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna gesture for Saruk to bend down a bit so I can whisper in his ear, sweet nothings in his ear. I take a knee. Wow, this got. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually Dream Daddies tonight. <laughs> Our uh, fabulous bartender's hands looked a bit uh, grimy for someone who's supposed to be serving food and drink. Mm. And I'll just head up top with the Giselle. So I suppose that's where we start. Down to the fabulous bartender. Man, I'm so bad at remembering names. I should Before not be Saruk the face. Leaves, I'll, I'll ask Saruk, Saruk, do you want, should I keep an eye on these two folks right here, or should I just follow you? Yeah, just keep an eye on folks. I scan where Hal is after being healed. Honestly, maybe you should take care of them. I don't know what those things were, but they, they took a bite all out right, of them. All right, you're, you're all right here. I do want to go up there and make sure that the, both of them are okay. Yeah, I got it. All right. Well, I'll heal Halbrand for as long as I can. Okay, yeah, you can go up and spend the full hour. So do the want, hour. Right? Okay. Yeah, you can do the hour one. That's fine. So, Saruk, as you sort of approach towards Lucky, you can see him like kind of like sitting face down, like staring at the desk. His fingers are tapping, his legs bouncing pretty nervously as you kind of step up towards him. And he looks up to you. And you can just see, like, he's, like, looking way up at you because he's just, like, a little halfling. You're, like, towering up. Uh, yes, sir? What, what's going on? Where were you when the monsters attacked? I, I went to the, the place I felt safest. I, I head upstairs, and I, I was in the kitchen, sir. I see. I grabbed uh, a cast iron pan off the, the stove, and I hid in, in the pantry. And I was, in case something came by, I was ready to get it. I see. My associate tells me that your hands are a little more grimy. Can I? And like nods and motions for can I see them? Yeah, he, he nods. He hands over. He like reaches up his hands towards you and is is just kind of like, oh, yeah, you, you can see as he, he hands it up. It's definitely got some like a bit of like it's kind of hard to spot, actually, but you're looking specifically for it. You can see a bit of like oily grime, like across sort of the palm of his right hand. I see. All right, I'm just gonna cut to the quick here. I'm gonna use a pointed question. Did you sabotage the ship? Did I sabotage the ship? Oh yeah, it was, so so you get to you get to like literally pointed question. So he he's in the process of telling you. Yeah, I think. You know, the, the kitchen hasn't been clean here in a while. And then you shoot him with the, like, did you sabotage the ship? So, he must make a will save. 
Oh, no, it's a diplomacy check against his will DC. Okay. Which is a... We're starting off with a 23. 23. Um, okay. That is a success, but it is not a critical success. So then they have to... They don't have to necessarily tell the truth, but they must directly answer, and then they get a plus two circumstance bonus on the perception check to sense motive that's going to immediately follow this. If he, so if he attempts to lie to you, because he may, if he makes a roll against to lie to you, you have a bonus. Okay, and your your perception DC is currently nineteen. Yes, so I get the I get the bonus if he lies here. I'm gonna because it feeds me a circumstance bonus to twenty one, right? Yeah. So if he attempts to lie to you, your perception DC gets bumped up plus two to from nineteen to twenty one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's how it works. Okay. It's an awkward like, are they rolling or am I? Either way around it. Yeah, 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 I got it. Okay, so he looks up to you, um, and he says, "Sir, why would I sabotage the ship?" As he does this, you get no sense that he's lying to you. Gotcha. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to, to get out of danger. I see. I'm sorry. Did you think I had something to do with that up there? Someone did. Just stay here for now. I smile and turn. Uh, sir, come here really quick. Come here. Come down here. If I were you, I'd look into those goblins. I can't say I trust them very much. Did you see something? The afternoon before we set off, the two of them, I caught them in a bar, not Farrah's bar, another bar, having a conversation with some hooded figure. I, I didn't get a good look, but it didn't sit right with me at the time. But I'm the new guy. I didn't, I, I, I couldn't say anything. I mean, they have access to the, the, the engine rooms, and I just think we should keep an eye on them. I think I would like to sense motive on that. Do I have the uh, pointed question buff still? I'll give you the pointed question uh, bonus, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Let me just cry that that doesn't stack with pursue a lead and then add it and roll a blind thing, question marks. Yep, and this is a uh, sense motive. Mm -hmm. I was actually reviewing sense motive because it comes up so much. And I was interested to learn that you only really learn if the outright lying on a critical success, right? Yeah. Kind of interesting. I did not realize that. So I will say what you get you get from this role is there's nothing like jumping out at you in his behavior. I mean, he's a little nervous, but you don't get a sense that he's actually lying. You, you believe that he's telling you the truth, that he really does think something's up with the goblins. Gotcha. <laughs> the flip side too of the whole like sense motive thing is like if someone lies to you they should be making active roles anytime they try to lie to you and then beyond that the sense motive comes in so it's kind of balanced out by that fact I guess yeah, it's, it's, just, it's so weird like who is attacking and who is defending in the back and forth yep. it's, I don't know social, got it. social battles but in this case you walk away from the situation uh, some things think he's being a little cagey a little nervous but he, you do believe that what he's saying is that there's something up with the goblins and he, you don't believe that he necessarily had anything to do with the sabotage. Gotcha. So then I'll turn to Gattleby. All right, sir. I'm going to make this really quick. I'm going to say, hey, did you try to fuck up this ship? And you're going to say a really snarky no back to me, and I'm going to believe you. Sound good? 
Why the fuck would I try to blow up the ship? Ah, you're getting off script, Vashon. Did you try to fuck up the ship? The pointy question again. Yeah, it was me. I think you were lying. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ruffy's head pops down. Can I shoot him now? No, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so 28 over the deception, DC. Yeah, you're pretty sure that when he says he did it, he's being sarcastic and not. Yeah, he's he's being smart ass. You don't you don't and he's he's being smart ass, but there's a chance you look beyond that to see is he like hiding the truth in his sarcasm? But no, you just get the sense he's the same annoyed Gattleby as usual. Never changed, that Sean Gattleby. And then on to the halfling couple who are trying to do trading things in the keep, I think. I I see. Yeah, they're, they are halfling merchants. They got their textiles. They're headed to Cloud Reaver Keep to try to... I guess it's not just Cloud Reaver Keep. They're going to stop at Cloud Reaver Keep and try to make some business connections. And then otherwise, they're just looking for like a vacation. Makes sense. So then, as I approach them, could I do another sense motive to just kind of like vibe check the pair of them to see if they have the stomach to do what they just did? Sure. Is this before you do any sort of pointy question on him? Yeah, before I start talking, just as I'm walking up. Yeah, you walk up and you can see them sort of whispering to each other and they're like holding hands across the table. And as you come up, you see them sort of like let go of each other's hands and they both sit up on opposite ends of the booth. Literal like sweat sort of dripping down their uh, their brow. And as you uh, you step up, you can tell that they are very nervous. You folks okay? Sir, this is... There's, there's just been a lot of excitement this is supposed to be like a sightseeing journey. We didn't sign up for our ship being attacked and gunfire. Yeah, neither did we. And now you guys are saying there's sabotage. We were kind of thinking maybe we should get off at Cloud Reaver Keep if it's not safe. That might be a good idea. Where were y'all, by the way? During the attack, I mean. We were up in the game room playing uh, chess, as a matter of fact. Steri here, she's, uh, well, she's much better than me, but I'm learning. And you see her, she sort of like smiles and she like looks down at her feet and she doesn't even want to like seem to like look up and make eye contact with you. Here's all the blind rolls that I've ever made in my whole life were sense and motive. Or rather, I think in this case, I'm trying to determine if they're lying. I think in this case, what you sense is. So you look at how this is shaking out. There's obviously a bunch of nervousness here, but you get this this nervousness seems to genuinely be about the circumstances and the ship being in danger and them being out of their element. Uh, you don't get the impression that they are lying about what they were doing during the um, events. At least at face value, they don't seem to be lying to you. Gotcha. And then lastly, I'm going to throw the pointed question again. I'm even going to remember where to click it on my character sheet. So Prince. Yeah. Investigators. Investigators. Did you all see anything during the attack? Anybody not where they were supposed to be or anything suspicious? Your point of question, sorry, I, I left my brain. You asked if they had anything to do with it. Oh, you asked if they saw anything. Had they seen anything suspicious during, yeah. Suspicious? I mean, nobody else was in the game room. The only person I heard, I heard some strange noise coming from the room across from us, the, the lounge. But it might have just been that big robot and that that the one the girl that was sick. I see. 
And Nita's not directly behind me, but it would be funny if she was. <laughs> uh, besides that, oh, Lucky, like Lucky came through. He fled through our game room shortly after the commotion and uh, took off down the hall towards the kitchen, I guess. I see. And the kitchen is definitely like on the way, right? That's not weird. If you trace the the route right from the bar that he was at, the closest staircase takes you right up into the game room, which then leads to the hallway, which then leads north towards the kitchen. So the pieces, there's nothing outwardly that catches you your eye. Like all of that could fit. And I'll, I'll tap the badge again. This badge says you're safe. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. Estery, who's been really quiet the whole time, like kind of reaches out and like puts her hand like on your arm, and you can just see like tears sort of like welling up in her eyes, and she says, "Do you promise we're safe?" I can't promise that implicitly, but I can promise if shit goes pear shaped again, we've got you. I think we're just gonna hang out in our room until you guys get to the bottom of it, if that's okay. Stay here first. We want to make sure everybody's in one place. Much easier to. Have your back if shit goes pear-shaped, if I know exactly where you are and everyone's in one spot, right? And so while you're kind of going around, you've at least chatted with all these people. Like, everyone else has kind of gone. Like, Refi's on the roof with the ballista, right? So you're up there, Refi. The the ship's sort of aimlessly drifting, right? The, the door that, like, is normally locked has not been locked and secured since all this went down. So you're able to go north sort of up the hallway, past the rooms, past the captain's quarters, past the kitchen, to the stairwell that leads you up into the catwalk, which then leads you to the other stair, uh, the other ladder, which takes you up onto the roof. And after all this, you get up there and the wind sort of blows your hat back. Oh, you didn't have a hat anymore, do you? That's true. Interesting. Uh, but you're up there and you can feel the breeze. The ballista's there. It's kind of awkward to do it by yourself, but you're able to sort of get the feel for it basically it takes to, to review right it takes two two actions actions god that's a weird sentence to say it's, it's two actions to load and it takes two loads to fully load the thing i've got this Giselle, and i'm hauling it up here this bloody thing's taller than i am yeah and up there uh it's, it's really beautiful like there's clouds that kind of are you kind of up in the clouds so there's little cloud cover but you're kind of set why don't you give me like an active perception check here Secret actor perception check so we can see what you notice while you're while you're on guard duty. Perception. Gotcha. Question marks. Question marks it is. Okay, so you keep watch for a while. Um immediately you're on edge, but after a few moments, uh you don't notice any other things flying in the sky. There's no like large chimeric type creatures. They seem like you guys have driven them off. I think what happens is um, you hear like uh, like um, sort of above you, like a rainstorm sort of breaks out. As you look up, you see like drops of water sort of coming towards you. And then when they're about like 12 feet above you, they sort of like just dissipate, almost like they're hitting like an invisible force field. And you're just hit with this strong, intense scent of lilac. Bloody weird up here. Look down. I don't think even I'd be able to survive that fall. Mine was a bad idea. But it, for the moment, it looks safe and secure, and you're just there on watch in case something comes. You'll be like the early, early warning detection system. I think back down, we have like Hal, who has 
very rough, very much on the edge of like dying and barely being conscious. And Anita is sort of treating wounds on Hal, mm -hmm. spending like an hour doing that. So Hal, are you in, like Celessa has taken you back to her room and there's two beds in the room. So she's put you in one bed and Celessa has kind of bunked up in the other bed and Anita's in here sort of treating on Hal. What does that conversation sort of look like between the two of you? All right, so remind me again what happened. These reindeer. Reindeer. Blood in their mouths and like lions, hindquarters and wings came out of the sky and looked at me. And then you see the shadow here and Hal has a shadow that kind of pulls the blanket up over his legs. Kind of did the same kind of thing. And then... He bit me really hard twice before I knew it. I woke up and, and Celeste was holding on to me and Reficule was leering down at me. I mean, smiling down at me because I had opened my eyes. I, I have no idea. After, I mean, it was it happened so fast. Remind me never to buy one of them firearms things. I'm terrible with them. Oh, you tried using a firearm. Wait, so was it just one of them or? No, there were... At least two of them. Maybe more. Are they typical over here out on the the desert? Or was that the, the first time you've seen one? Have I ever seen one of these before? Uh, make a recall knowledge uh, check. This would either Arcana or Nature. Unless you have a specific... Oh, you know what? Mana Wastelore, right? Yes, Mana Wastelore. Go for it. A reindeer and a lion. Eleven. Yep, that's what yeah. it was. A reindeer. <laughs> Definitely a reindeer. They typically come from like the North Pole and they like travel with elves quite a bit. Yeah. Gave me a gift. Uh... Not anything you're familiar with. It's not uncommon to see weird mutated things in the Manaways. Like things get mutated like crazy out there. So it's more like you're more likely to run into new strange stuff than common strange stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. The first one bit me or well, that one bit me right here in the side and then kind of here on my shoulder here help me get out of some of this stuff all right do you feel that you could maybe be poisoned or something by the bite no I'll look out for rabies feel fine it was a pretty clean strike to be quite honest all right definitely very jagged bite wounds but no signs of like lingering effects from the wounds um, as you kind of do a medicine check, Anita, it, it looks to be in the clear, at least. What I think is you help Hal with his blanket and his shirt, what you see is a very pale body crisscrossed with scars, like a ridiculous number of scars. Is that all from the reindeer? Uh, this was from <laughs> when I was younger. And he's got a tattooed sleeve uh, on his left and right arm, and it looks like clockwork gears and there's a picture of Saruk, Reficule, Anita and Hal kind of standing there in front of the sun on his shoulder and on his left arm he has the same kind of sleeve except for there is a white wolf with a moon behind him and in front of that white wolf is the new Anita as if he's standing protection over um but then you you look back and there are scars like crisscrossing from just under his neck all the way down to uh, where his rope ties his pants on his self. If you don't 
mind me asking, Halbrin, how did you get those scars? You weren't, like, used as a kid or something, were you? Not by the tribe or the pack, as it were. I grew up a long way from here, out in a mountainous range. I used to, used to hunt for game, take the youngsters out and, and take them from the more inhospitable areas and move them across shattered lands, I guess is the best way I can put to them. And there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you've seen here in the desert, just picture that in the midnight darkness of the plane of shadow and yeah, I kind of got in over my head a couple of times. So you were in one of the... You used to live with one of the packs that would roam around the outskirts of the desert. Oh, that would roam around the desert. You think we'll, ba we'll pass by them? Or we're flying about? Assuredly guarantee we won't pass by any of them. Oh. Would you want to pass by them? Sometime after all this craziness? That would require a lot. I'd have to go back to the Plane of Shadow, which is where I'm Plane from. Plane of Shadow? Yeah, when I was out doing one of those hunting reconnaissance, taking kids from one side to the other, we were assailed by this storm of all these different colors. And before I knew it, the light of day was upon us. I'd never seen anything like it before. And we were all in this middle of this desert giants running back and forth as far as I could see um, so we made our way down well most of us well not really most of us just me I was the only one that made it um, and that's where I kind of picked up learning how to forge this stuff out of the desert and the dwarves at that place really uh, like to get stuff out of the desert so that sounds like a hard life oh it's nothing no, it's pretty hard. I wouldn't have survived it. I got shot once and I died. I'm going to make it back to Ancelon so I can cross over there because there's supposed to be a large community of Kale near Ancelon, not Absalom. Absalom, Ancelon. I'm new. So it, it is Absalom. All right. All right. This is going to sting a little bit. So. Just hold your breath, and then I push into one of the deep gashes that he has on, like, one of the sides of his boots. <laughs> I swear I'm not doing this in intentionally. I really do need to keep pressure on it. As you're doing this, and Hal's, like, sitting their shirt off, you know, pretty, like, Hal's usually pretty covered, but you can see he's pretty built under there. Um, kind of in the back of the room, you can just see, like, Celessa, like, sitting on the bed, like, watching this unfold, just kind of taking in all that Hal has to offer, and you catch that out of the side of your I, Anita, <laughs> but you're kind of interrupted. There's like a knock. There's like a little bit of a knock on the door. And there's like a, a cloud of smoke. And you see Farah like in the door frame, like watching this, like smoking her cigarette. Uh, Anita, got a, got a minute, dear. Um, I'm holding on to one of to my friend's wounds. Is it, are you all right with talking with him here or? Do you need me alone? It's up to you. You find talking in front of them? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Listen. 
I just want you to know you're currently a suspect. Your whereabouts are unaccounted for during the chaos. I got some people that saw some stuff that's a little questionable coming out of you. Did you do it? And why? Why hire me and then sabotage me? That's a good question because I would ask you the same thing. I was out sick. So they say not one for the high winds. Unfortunately, I was hoping I could at least survive the first day, but not even an hour in and I was throwing up my guts. Let me ask that robot of yours. What's his name? Why, but he's not here right now, is he? I, I don't see him. Oh, he he's couldn't fit. Straight. Right. He's a clockwork. He takes orders from you, right? He's functional away from you. To a certain degree, I suppose. Well, yeah, yes. It depends on how far. Yeah, I'm just curious. Not outright accusing you, just no. It sounds like you're accusing me of something. I've got my eye on you. I don't know why I would, though. We need to get somewhere. It doesn't make sense for me to destroy any of that. Well, why would anyone here destroy it? It doesn't make sense. Someone did. Mm. It's not me. Can you do me a favor? Give me a diplomacy check. <clears throat> As you try to sort of plead your case, make an impression on Sarah and see what she thinks of you after a little bit of conversation. It's a good thing Saruk sent Refi up top. That's a natural <laughs> one, but I would like to use a hero point. All right, let's hear a point. This seems important. She's the captain of the ship. There we go. A 20. Okay, 20. She sort of looks at you, nods. There's there's bleeding right there. He missed the spot. And then she uh, <clears throat> sort of turns and you hear her boots sort of walking off down the uh, the hallway <clears throat> as you continue treating on Hal. But now you kind of get the impression that is not entirely trustful of you anymore. Farrah's not entirely trustful of me, Albert. <laughs> Hal quits gritting his teeth. That hurt more than you said it wouldn't. I was biting down Sorry. this leather strap so I wouldn't cry out and or bite Farrah for accusing you of something that you clearly wouldn't do. <sighs> I think Saruk is trying to get to the bottom of it, though. Smash cut Trust to Saruk getting to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, I guess when, when Farrah comes down, I'll head over, uh, switching to Dwarven, as I do. So you trust your entire crew? I do. They wouldn't put my life in the hands of anyone I don't trust. Dezen, he's the... Well, I mean, he's, he's going to take over for me someday. Actually, that day's probably at the end of this journey. She turns back and looks at him. And you see, like, in the back, like, Desmond's, like, piloting the ship. They're trying his best to sort of use the one engine he can to kind of counteract the winds. But he looks like he's overwhelmed. And she's like, too old for this shit. And you can account for where everybody was during the attack, I presume. Well, Desmond and I were in the cockpit. 
the whole time, keeping a handle on things. I'm assuming Nolbin and Gelby, Gel, Nolby and Gebin were in the uh, the engine room. That's where they always are. I had one of them up on the ballista with me. So one of them was left alone. Interesting. You think I ought to talk to him? I mean, they've been with me for about five years now. I don't know why they'd go and start some shit now. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'll go poke my head up there. Would you mind keeping an eye on these four and keeping them sat down? What about those two? And she t- kind of points with her cigarette hand towards the the sort of merchant couple. What about him? I don't know. It seems strange. Like, not the kind of folk I usually expect to take a journey into the spell-scarred desert, you know? Yeah, well, when we had to pull some paying customers out of our asses at the last second so we could avail ourselves of your ship, well, you should have seen some of the other people that came by. This was the better option, trust me. There. Just, are they, were there whereabouts accounted for? Yeah, they were hiding in the game room. Let me ask you, Saruk. Mm-hmm. How well do you know Anita? As long as I've been an Alcansar, more or less. We've gotten hip deep in a lot of shit together. I trust her. I also... With incredible frankness, I'm not sure if Anita has the capacity to lie or at least lie well. I think at some point there would be a very frank explanation of the truth couched in a really bad lie that you could smell from a mile away. Fair. She did kill a guy, didn't she? That's word on the street, at least. I mean, it's Alkenstar. Fair enough. Well, if you find any evidence of any wrongdoing bring it to me otherwise the best we can do is keep a close eye on our friends and keep our enemies closer and she sort of narrows her eyes at the little halfling couple i don't think they would hurt a fly oh hey actually you know the i say the name of the gnome whose name i don't remember lucky Lucky. yeah thank you anita you're a gem (laughs) lucky said something about how the goblins had Oh, it was right before we took off. They had some shady dealings off the ship. Said he saw something. You didn't see anything, did you? I mean, I didn't, but I'll be honest. I don't think shady dealings are that out of character for my crew. Fair. In the last few years, we've had a hard time making ends meet. They've gotten, I guess, creative in their endeavors and I so long as they don't interfere with my business I tend to look the other way there alright I'm gonna go check on them and then Lucky had some grease on his hands and he claims that's from getting a cast iron to defend himself with if those things got to the kitchen I'm just gonna run quick check the pans and see if they haven't been cleaned or maybe I'll just ask you do y'all y'all wash your dishes right mean are you with the health, Marshal? No, 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 no. I mean, I would say they were washed very thoroughly the last time we they were used. That's fair. All right, I'm just going to take a look. Beyond that, it's Lucky's job. 
Okay. I'll keep an eye on them, would you? And up, up, up the stairs we go. Yep. Up, up, up the stairs. That is so cool. I need that module. That module is giving me life. So next order of business is I'm going to run to the kitchen. Yeah, so the kitchen is at the end of the hall, like going north, and then the last room's on the left. Gotcha. It's sort of like a, a kitchen. You can see they've got like it's it's a combination kitchen, dining room, and storage room. It kind of looks like almost a break room for the crew. Back when this was probably probably when it was in use more and it was stocked with a full crew. Right now, that's kind of running a very bare bones skeleton crew just to get you guys where you need to go. Yeah, there's there's basically a full on uh, cooking utensils, pots, pans, all of that. Uh, it's it's not stocked to the gills or anything, but it's got enough food for you guys to survive your journey to and from the Spellscar Desert. That's good. Uh, do any of the uh, utensils look like they're out of sorts, out of place? Uh, let's do a, a perception. Let's do a search activity as we spend some exploration time trying to see what we can... Man, of all the times that I have definitely prepared cooking lore for that free lore, I wish it was today. <laughs> yeah, it's already pilot lore, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I figured that would be more useful for the airship. All right. That's true. <laughs> but you have some cooking experience in your background. 22. Uh, with a 22, um, there are definitely, for the most part, it looks like the pots and pans, everything has been scrubbed decently. We're not talking pristine, brand new condition. Everything is definitely well used and well loved. But it does look like somebody has given them at least a decent cleaning before this ship took off. There is a lot of surfaces in here where it'd be pretty easy to get yourself dirty like the cooking surfaces are clean but like behind the stove on the side there's like a pile of coal like right there like there are plenty of places you could actually get your hand dirty but i will say you don't find any sort of none of the cast iron pans are covered in sludge or grease or anything that you think would cause your hand to get dirty just from grabbing it makes sense so i'm just to test that theory well well i feel like i don't think it would that i won't actually grab them Okay, so then with that in mind, next up is the two goblins who I don't like. The syllables are mishmashing together. They're the real Nolby and Gebbin. Nolby and I almost said Golby. Heck. <laughs> yep. So you can go ahead and, and move up to the ladder. Uh, to use the ladders, you have to click the book because I don't want to force you to move up a ladder. For sure. This is so cool. Yeah, you kind of like walk down. <laughs> Ruffy's here too. But Ruffy, you can go down to the the other one and, and go up to the catwalk if you wanted to check it out at least. So I think at this point, like they're all they're both in the sort of um, engine. Um, as you come down this hallway, you would probably need to make a right and go west, and you would see the door sort of open. And as you step in, you can feel like the wind sort of rushing up. The engine is sort of like starting and stopping and they're, it seems like they're pretty much close to getting it working, but the two goblins, and it's kind of amazing because the engine is sort of free floating in the middle of this room. It's attached, right? But below it, there's a little catwalk around the room, but below the engine, it's just a drop to open air to the ground, like hundred feet below. And the goblins are like, just jumped up and like sprawled on the machinery, like almost hanging upside down, fixing it just hanging there over this like drop to their death and they just look to be working away you two are some of the bravest people that i have ever met hands down they look over to you 
Ah, toss me that socket wrench right there. Right there. No, no, that's the socket wrench. I pull the socket wrench from my own, make sure I have that kit. No, fuck, I sold my crafter's kit. JK, I <laughs> grab the socket wrench. I toss it up their direction. Yep, and they grab it, and then uh, he's, like, back, and he's, like, tightening, like, some bolts on the bottom of the engine. It's not safe in here. Crew only. Yeah, I'm on permission from the captain. I nod towards... Nolby was the one who was with me. That rhymes, and that's how I'll remember it. So I look over again. <laughs> I'm just doing the rounds. I presume you were doing your job during the attack and, you know, didn't want to send us all careening to our deaths or slow us down or anything, right? Yeah, I mean, my job's to keep the other engine working. This is Nolby's engine. Notice she slacked and we all paid. I mean, I feel like she helped me, and we all got to live, but I see your logic. Did you find who did this yet? Working on it. I mean, it's not like chains just fall randomly out of the sky. Well, actually, that does happen sometimes. Yeah, I feel like looks at the construction, shakes it off. So Lucky said that y'all were, uh, a couple days ago, you had, and I'm not one to judge, and I'm not going to, like report you to the shield marshals when we get back, but something about shady deals with somebody. You button, button, button. You didn't meet with anybody before this that might have wanted the ship to go down. They kind of look at each other and they look back. This is the coolest ability. 27. Ooh, 27 is pretty nice. 27 against their will save. Though. That's a critical success. They must directly answer the question. You get a plus four if they attempt to lie to you. Immediately, they're like, ah, lucky. Don't trust anything that guy says. He'll he'll sell you up the river for a quarter. We didn't meet with no one. And uh, so you have a plus four. Any sort of checks that might be coming your way and... Uh, what's your so with the plus four? What's your perception? That would take it from a nineteen to a twenty-one to do twenty-three. Twenty-three. Okay. As they give you this answer, you've got no reason to distrust them. They feel like they are giving you the truth. Both in that the the pointed question was specifically, you know, were you meeting with him that wanted to take the ship down? No. And but you also believe when they say that Lucky would sell you up the river for a quarter. How long have you known Lucky, by the way? Has he been working with the crew as long as y'all have? or We've been on the crew for like uh, six, six weeks now? And then the socket wrench flies across and hits Nolby in the head. Uh, six years! Six years! She's like, ah, yeah, whatever. Years, weeks, I don't know, whatever. Six units of time. But yeah, we've been around. We were the, it used to be a, a whole engineering crew. We were the best. That's why we we're the only ones that still have our job. Lucky. I mean, that kid's only been around for like six years. And then there's like a, another like tool flies across and hits her in the head. Ah, six weeks. God, listen, six weeks. Lucky he's the new kid. All right. Been around for a while. First, this is his first flight in the air. He's been around the bar bartends, keeps the place clean, has aspirations of owning an airship someday, but 
No, I don't trust that kid. All right. So I don't trust any of you. Thanks. Jeez. I'm just going to really quickly when they say that I'm going to sense me some intent. Okay. I'm calling this plus four from the one more thing ability Columbo. Cause I feel <laughs> that's what this is. The Columbo ability. Just one more thing. More question marks. Um, yeah. As you listen to the, uh, the words and you sense motive, like all the other people you've checked today, like it doesn't feel like they're lying to you. They they seem to be truthful. Like the, you, you do get the sense that maybe they're not telling you a hundred percent of the truth here. There's something a little bit that they're hiding. Their their body language and their deflection kind of gives you the sense that maybe there's something there. But you do not believe that they had anything to do with bringing down the ship. Gotcha. Well, thanks you two. Uh, before I go, actually, I think you missed a spot. Hiya! (laughs) (laughs) Yep, with that last clue in ability, they kind of like go over, they they tighten like the last bolt, and there's like a rumble as like the the engine sort of sputters to life. And you watch as Gebbin has to like jump for his life before he gets caught in the gears. And he's like seconds from being ripped into this motor and like torn up. But he like jumps clear, and the whole thing starts sputtering a lot, like to like life. And um, it seems like the engines have been replaced at this point or repaired and you guys are ready to continue your journey. Saruk smiles and Oh God, we almost died. And then yeah, back down. Yeah. Yeah. No, like being in that room itself is dangerous. And like being on the suspended engine itself is a crazy thing to even like attempt. And these goblins were just doing it. Like it was nothing. Just another toil day. Alrighty. I have to be on the ladder to use the ladder. That makes sense. This is such a cool module. And so yeah, so you sort of reconvene down on the uh, in the room. Hal and Celessa are you know sharing a room. Nania's in there treating them. Phoebe's back on the flight deck with Dezen, preparing to continue to climb. Could be lost a little bit of time, about an hour in your journey, but you guys are back ready to go. You healed for a total of 30, uh, Hal, in that hour. Thank you. To make my way back down, try to get up there, then back to Dwarven when I get to the captain. All right, captain, I talked to everybody. The pans are clean. I think, and looks back to, well, no, it doesn't look back. That would be silly. The pans are clean. I have reason to believe that the new guy lied to me when he said he got greasy from wielding cast irons. I don't have anything definitive, but if I had to make a wild guess based on everything I've seen, that's a whole contradiction. Let me walk that back. I would guess Lucky. I mean, Lucky's a good kid. What, what, just basically, I mean, because he was a little cagey around the law, that's a little circumstantial, don't you think? Yeah, cagey around the law in Alkansar. I feel like he's justified about nine-tenths of the time. I think Celessa is the ten. That's a whole nother can of purple worms. Yeah, that works. That's the best way to say that. Let's not do anything hasty, but I'll keep my eye on the kid. Yeah, I think it would be my recommendation to keep everyone 
either confined to quarters or where somebody who you trust can see them until we get to Cloud Reaver. Then from there, you don't happen to know anybody there, any other pilots or like who owns the place we're landing. I got all kinds of contacts. This is the fair, fair Winslow. <laughs> fair enough. Are you looking for some companionship? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm saying when we land, we talk to someone who you trust and who has enough authority to do something about it. Probably. Well, I guess it's your ship and we're, I guess I don't know the law here. The law is when we're in the sky, I'm the law. Without any proof, I'm not about to do anything to any of my crew. I'm more apt to put that Anita and those halflings over there off my ship. But you get some evidence, we'll have a different conversation. Fair. Where is the chain? She doesn't know. Probably with Nolby and Gevin, if I had to guess. You would have had a chance to look at it when you were up checking with Nolby and Gevin. It was definitely like sort of pulled out of the engine and just kind of strewn on the floor in the hallway outside the door, probably. All right, hang on one second. I run, 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 grab the chain. Run, 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 run. Uh, does the chain have like similar grease and stuff on it? Yes. I mean, the, the chain, especially after being jammed up and gunked in the engine, it's definitely coated in grease and grime and dirt. And I think Pharaoh will, will also point out like, so that, that, that's the chain right there. Yeah. I mean, you see that link right there with the symbol pressed, right? I examined the chain. This chain is definitely one of ours. Like, it came from our crew. Like, only the crew should have had access to this. Or somebody with sticky fingers and and a penchant for getting where they shouldn't be. Fair. So then, does everybody who's crew, do they all have uh, keys to the restricted areas, or...? Yeah, the only keys should be my, I, me and Dezen, Dezen has a key, Nolby and Gebin have keys, and Lucky would have a key as well. I see. Well, that narrows it down to the crew, and that man has the same gunk on his hands, so unless he was trying to pull it out of the engine, hard to do that if you were hiding in the game room or the kitchen. Hmm. Exactly. Per his story, he was nowhere near the engine room or anything, so... Is this enough evidence for you, Captain, or would you like me to turn up something more? Oh, this this is not enough for me to toss my crew member. I, I'm not sussing him yet. We're not about to eject him out of the airlock. Fair. That joke just hit me. God damn it. <laughs> I will say... Maybe my crew's not as trustworthy as I thought. Yeah. <sighs> I'm too old for this shit. And she goes back onto the... She goes... She goes. She calls back to, like, Dezen, and she says, Look, I'm fucking tired. I've been piloting all day. Dezen, you bring us into Cloud River Keep. Wake me up when we get there. I'm going to take a nap. It, it's the end of my shift. Really quickly. It dawns on me. I have not done any sussing out of the captain. I feel like... I would like to. Question marks. So you're like sense motiving on the captain? Yeah. Just on the rough chance that maybe she wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, absolutely. As you're sort of listening to her 
the vibe you really get off her. I mean, you don't know her that well, but in the scheme of things, as you saw her behavior before and after everything kind of went haywire, you're not getting any sort of sense that she's acting out of her normal behavior patterns. And you don't catch any any body language or anything that makes you suspect her. And I guess the main thing, too, is her, her like whereabouts have been at least confirmed to be with Dezen. But Dezen's the one character you haven't had a chance to even interact with. He's been on the flight deck most of the, the trip. I think when you first got here, Pharaoh would have like taken over for a bit. The way it works is like they basically... They have like 16 hour shifts that sort of overlap. So there's eight hours where they're both on the flight deck. And then they each have eight hours of the day where they're solely the one on the flight deck. So they kind of rotate in and out. You've only been traveling for like part of a day. So Dezen hasn't actually been um, off the flight deck other than when you first got here. He basically had the first few hours off and he probably just enjoyed some drinks and probably stayed in his cabin. And then him and Farrah were on the flight deck during the whole chaos. And now he's going to be the one on the flight deck alone. Makes sense. So before Farrah turns and goes to bed, if you need more evidence, I'd like to examine the crew's quarters, see if I can't find anything out of place. That okay with you? By all means. All right. You got keys or? I'll unlock it for you. I'm a, so she, she like kind of guides you, takes you up. She goes to like where her room is, which is kind of right next to the kitchen. And then the crew's quarters is the room directly across from the kitchen. So she'll kind of go up there and unlock the door for you so you can kind of take a look. As I'm doing that. Hey, Hal, you good? Just like new. Hmm. So not. Okay, got it. The pair of you want to come join me? I could use some more eyes. Yep. He pulls on his gloves. Yeah, so as you kind of step into that sort of cruise cabins. You can see there's basically like about half a dozen cots kind of sit here, sitting here. It's communal sleeping quarters. It looks like this is where like just the crew would just generally pick a cot and sleep. And they probably don't even have dedicated beds. They just kind of rotate in out what's available when it's bedtime. But um, looking in here right now, it looks like only one bed sort of set up. It's got a blankets, pillow, everything. Lucky appears to be the only one actively using this room. Nolby and Gebbin have their own quarters up in the engine section. And then the pilot and the co-pilot each have their own dedicated bedrooms as well. So Lucky, this has kind of become de facto Lucky's room for the time being. Which is also kind of annoying because you guys didn't have beds and there's all these beds here and you were not offered one of these cots. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Uh, 29, nice. Meanwhile, Refi is just shooting clouds. A bird just... flies past the window and then falls dead. <laughs> you ever heard the phrase eye for an eye pigeon? <laughs> <laughs> so you're as you're searching this room, you do notice that, uh, yeah, there's gunshots ringing off the top. Uh, <laughs> you do notice that there are bits of tools, engineering stuff. In the, there's tools and spare parts that the ship would use that would have come from sort of Nolby and Gebbin's engineering rooms upstairs. There are things that you saw upstairs and you find them kind of hidden under cots, behind things. Someone's been like stealing and like hiding things from the engineering room here in this bedroom. 
So all of this shouldn't be here, and only Lucky has been staying in the master suite. We won't talk about how the beds are at a premium for the rest of us, dear Captain, but... You turn around, she's already gone to bed. She didn't even... She, like, unlocked the door, and, like, you were, like, doing your best. She stumbled off to bed. She didn't sit here and wait. But you do find evidence that, you know, Lucky seems to have been at least leaving signs that he's been getting into things maybe he shouldn't have. I wish Syl was here. Syl could corroborate it with her news. One of the things you find is a like uh, a sort of spoke, like a cog spoke that very clearly would replace like something in one of the engines. And as you like look at it and lift it up, covered in like thick coat, like a thick layer of grease with like a smudge right across the rim of it. So here's a question. I'm, I'm going to turn to Anita. I present the chain. This chain was thrown into the engine. I'm not entirely sure what purpose this thing served, and I'm beginning to wonder if it was a little less lasso a fucking propeller and a little more catastrophic failure chain fires out kind of thing. What do you think? I take a look at it. First thing that comes to my mind is that it was trying to get in there to maybe destroy the propellers, because imagine if you have this huge chain in between the propellers. It's just not going to move. I don't have engineering lore. Can I use academia lore to recall knowledge? Which academia lore? Clue in. Plus one. The aid is I successful. 29. And what is it you're trying to suss out here specifically? The the cog, the chain, or what? Like, what, what effect would the chains have when it comes to destroying the ship, like, was the main goal to, like, catastrophic, like, Saruk said, or? You believe that if someone was to deliberately throw this chain into the engine, it was, it wasn't like somebody was trying to crash the ship, because if you wanted to take the ship down and make it completely unflightworthy, the engines are not the way to do that, right? It's It would be mostly the pockets of gas that keep this thing floating, which is very easy to, to like, pop. In this case, if somebody did this deliberately, it was more of a... It, it would have just had the intent of slowing you down more than sabotaging and crashing the ship. And there's no way that the... Like, if you were to damage the engine, it's going to be repairable. So you're just talking about buying time. Combined with the fact that maybe some of these spare parts are hidden here, maybe somebody was trying to disable the engine and, and grab what they thought were spare parts that would prevent it from being repaired. But it definitely seems like the sort of intent would have been delay, slow you down, stop you from getting where you're trying to go. Looking at everything, it seems as if uh, the main purpose was to just disable the ship and seeing all the the tools that are in here it's like whoever did this just wants to make it unusable i'm thinking either they want to make it unusable or delay us but at the same time like the crew doesn't really know us that much nor do they know our mission to really delay it so um I'm leaning on to the fact, yeah, I'm leaning on to the fact that someone wants to disable the ship so that it's entirely unusable. So much so that they tried to keep the engineers from doing what they're, they're good at. That's fair. 
Maybe a little bumblebee fucking told him. It dawns on me that Farah is no longer watching the suspects. With the pair of you mind picking this apart and then seeing what else you can find in the cruise quarters, I think I hear a problem calling me. And just going to out the door and go to where Saruk's token is sitting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You guys hear like loud banging. It's hard to hear from down here, but like way up above you, Refuse just been firing gunshots in the distance. He's just like shooting at random birds that fly by and definitely getting bored up top. And it starts like the sun is, has gone down, right? It's been enough time. The sun's gone down. It starts to get really cold up there, Refi, like up in the sky, no like heavy warm clothes or anything. Like as soon as the sun goes down, you feel the sort of like chill kind of wash over you. And I know like Saruk, you're being like very like impatient, like very not patient. You're being very watchful over the crew. Um, Lucky at this point kind of says, boss, can, people are getting hungry. Uh, I gotta, I gotta cook dinner. You want to help? Yeah, just sit tight, really quickly. If I were to go to the bottom of the stairs and shout at the top of my voice, do I think my friends could hear me? Probably. So go to the bottom of the stairs and shout at the top of my voice. Halbrent Beastwood, you're wanted on the flight deck. Halbrent Beastwood to the flight deck, please. I'm just looking at the. Under the beds. Come on, let's go. Anita, I don't want you alone if uh, Paris accusing you of doing anything. Come on. All right. We can come back. Be here. Ain't nobody staying here but Lucky. That's why they call him Lucky, because he's got a room to himself. I know we should maybe steal some of the beds. Or maybe the mattress. Kick him out, and then we call him Unlucky. That's true. Well... There are my other ship. I've seen this game before. <laughs> I can accomplish that. <laughs> All right, let's go. We head back down. Yeah, you find Saru calling up from the uh, the dining room. Poor Ruffy's like freezing up on top, like icicles coming down his like nose and stuff. He has new piercings though. <laughs> it seemed clear, Ruffy. Like nothing. The entire time you've been up there, the, the hour plus you've been on watch. Nothing dangerous has, ha- has come. Until someone calls me, I'm staying up there, saying watch. Uh, Saruk, it seems like Hal comes down with uh, Anita. Watch these folks, which uh, I'm going to go make dinner with my friend Lucky. Lucky you. Lucky me. <laughs> so yeah, sort of, uh, there's like a montage here with like Lucky and Saruk sort of making dinner. Give me a perception check just as you watch Lucky why he makes dinner, Saruk. But there is sort of like the montage here of like the crew getting angry. You can see like uh, Gattleby's stomach rumbling. He's demanding, like he looks at like Anita and demands that she makes him a drink. I have a ration over here. I could give that to you. Breaks into the heart attack. As we're doing that, I'm gonna, cause I, I wanna say it's been an hour since I last pointed question, Lucky, I think. Yeah, yeah it's been an hour. I think Hal's gonna, after once Bashan says that to Anita, Hal says, "Look at you drink. Come on!" And he'll take him out to the bar. Uh, okay. And he's sitting on the bar, and he'll reach down and grab like the, the stiffest, hardest whiskey he can, and then like get a cup, kind of spit on it, and wipe it in his blanket, and put it in front of him, and like look him dead in the eyes and pour a drink. And then once he finishes, he'll put his hand on top of it. If I see you 
talking like that again to the young lady. I will bite your head off and I'll do beast shape shapeshift to become a white wolf that walks on two legs and then change back and then drink the drink and put it upside down and walk back out in the room, uh, back into the room. Give me an intimidation check. Or is, is there any intimidation? Is it just diplomacy? I guess it's intimidation, intimidation with a plus one circumstance for pseudo lycanthropy. Oh, you're taking like plus two circumstance bonus at least on this. Um, ah, bolts. Everything blows up. <laughs> yeah. Ah, bolts. Watch this. Oh, roll though. Nine. No. Nine. So, I mean, he, he looks a little shook, but. It's pretty tough to rattle Gattleby. It doesn't quite hit as hard as you would have hoped, but you can see there's some mutual respect that he has for you in his eyes. Um, and then as you're leaving, he just kind of reaches over, grabs the bottle, and pours himself a drink in the same glass. And as you're going, he's just like, you know, drinking it as well. But as there's like the montage and there's like dinner being cooked, Lucky looks, um, he gets really into like the cooking. Once you see him in the kitchen, like he very much knows his way around the kitchen. It's not like he's somebody pretending to be a bartender, pretending to be a cook. He like um, like takes to this kitchen, takes to the meal, and starts flowing. And you guys kind of, while you're keeping a watchful eye on him, you do come up with a cool system. Um, he knows his way around. He's definitely like concierge or something. And then during that, you sort of hit him with that like pointed question. And what was the pointed question you asked? Uh, the question being to make sure I frame this entirely correctly. This, the Lucky's alibi doesn't make sense because blank, and I don't remember what the blank was. I just remember that's the flag in my memory. Right. His alibi, there was the couple saw him come running through, but there was nothing. Farah had said something about how, well, if he was there when this was happened, but he said he was here. That doesn't make sense. I don't think that was with Lucky, if I remember right. It was definitely it was something with the chain, the grease. Anita, you have the notes. Help. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Farrah thought that it was fishy that both of the engineers weren't in the the engineer right, the room. Gob the yeah. goblin. Mm -hmm. And we know why that is, because I borrowed one of mm -hmm. them to reload a ballista. Okay, so with that in mind, the, I think the pointed question so he, is... Yeah, so he has, you get a plus four bonus, or you got a, what, a 32? Jeez. Yeah, that was a hero point well spent. Yeah, that is absolutely a critical success. So he must directly answer a question. He has to. He doesn't have to answer truthfully, but you get a plus four circumstance bonus to your perception DC if he attempts to lie to you. Your perception DC with the plus four would be 23? Yeah. And what's the point of question? Did you come up with the blank? I haven't yet. What a good time to call the break so I can think of a really important <laughs> fucking question. We'll <laughs> come up with what the question is during the break, and there is sort of the montage as you guys cook dinner. Dinner served on the on the dining room. Everyone's able to eat. I think maybe Ruffy is finally called down. Somebody calls out to Ruffy uh, to come down and, and eat, and uh, you're able to sort of come down covered in frost. Yeah, the the sun sort of sets. You guys are floating towards Cloud River Keep. Uh, we're in the middle of the night. The moon sort of comes out, and we continue our journey towards Cloud River Keep as we can as we play Among Us. Apparently. <laughs> Emergency meeting. Among us, yeah. Saruk, what is the point of your question? Why did you lie to me earlier? 
about what? You know, I, what I'm I didn't lie. About. Do you want me to roll the sense motive, or are they rolling the deception? He rolled the deception. Oh, I see. He, he definitely rolled a deception against. Uh, so, you, if you lie, right, you get a critical success. So he has to answer the question. You get a plus four circumstance bonus to your perception DC. And we said your perception DC ended up being a... 23, all told. I didn't lie, sir. I I, 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 I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Um, and he looks back, kind of like, look, going a little white in his eye, in his face. It looks more like fear than deception to you. You don't get the sense he's lying to you. Okay, so then... <laughs> Oh, reading, reading, reading. I'm just going to quickly shout up. <laughs> There's no signs of deceptions on him. He looks genuinely lost and confused as what you're talking about. So then, next thing. Uh, as as Lucky... Why can't I not remember that name? As Lucky is, like, cooking and stuff, is the grease is it coming off on handles and spoons and such? As you guys were getting ready to cook, he sort of did a quick wash of his hands, and it looks like it came off pretty easy. Fair. Nothing, nothing in the sink or... He doesn't have any heavy-duty stuff, so it's always on his hand a little bit, and it's kind of getting on anything he touches, for the most part. There are traces of it. Like, you can see, like, where he's been and, and bits of grease. Anything he touched and handles in the kitchen probably has a little bit of, of sign that he was there, for sure. So then, since I'm helping him cook, I'm gonna grab whatever utensil has some, and then, like, bring it up to my nose and smell it. Okay. It smells like... It smells like thick engine grease like the kind of grease that you would have smelled up in the engine room engine grease on your hands huh oh by the way speaking of engine grease you know you're the only one using the crew quarters right now I pull the the cog that was like the very crucial mega important part and I spin it how'd this get in the crew quarters I, I, don't, I don't know I mean where was it anyways in, in, my, in the crew quarters oh, I, hidden real real good I mean, obviously, I, I don't know what you're getting at, sir. I, 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 mean, I mean, maybe someone's trying to frame me. Yeah, maybe. Hang on a minute. Let me look at my class features. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reading, 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 reading. Why so polite now, Lucky? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's um, at, As he says this to you, I mean, outwardly... If he's making like lighty rolls, there's nothing outwardly on like showing. Either he's like a world class liar, or he's been telling you the truth this whole time. Where is this happening right now? Is this in the, in the kitchen? kitchen? They're the kitchen. about to bring the food down to serve to you guys, and this is happening like right in the middle of the kitchen montage. And in walks Reficule. I think there's probably like a, a. I mean, maybe maybe this is smash cut to you guys like eating now, right? Like. I don't know how much more you're going to like what else you want to do with him. Saruk. I mean, you've at, you've like asked him a bunch of questions. Every time you've ha asked him a question pointed, he's come back with, with the truth, right? Like as far as your roles go, he seems to be on the up and up, even with all your pointed questions. And even with all of that, like there's obviously something going on with all the puzzle pieces you have, mm -hmm. but as to what it is, it still seems hard to piece together. Nothing to definitively pin down yet. Okay, so I was gonna, I was hoping Bonmo would make him uh, a little worse at stuff. So I think rather I'm going to 
I wish I had intimidating glare. Getting real tired of this, Lucky. You're nervous. You're very intimidating, sir. Uh, thanks for putting that in my mouth. I'd like to demoralize him. <laughs> <laughs> Hacha! Chrysler has to give it. Mm, this is worth the second hero point. Let's get going. What a fun time to remind everyone in the chat that you can gift me. God! <laughs> well, 15. I mean, 15 is enough to sort of like, you give him this sort of shake. Like, he definitely like sort of like almost like shrinks physically and like avoids making eye contact with you. And you can feel like he is absolutely been demoralized by you and kind of is a little afraid of you now. So one more thing, then I'll leave you alone. Can I see the bottom of your shoe? I really got to serve the food, sir. And he kind of tries to go like around you, but like you're hard to get around. <laughs> yeah, you're hard to get around, right? And he's got like a tray of food. <sighs> hey, if you're being framed, this will almost certainly clear you. Steps back and sort of lifts up the bottom of his shoe so you can kind of see the bottom of his shoe. What are you looking for? I'm wondering if there might be engine grease from if someone was crawling around on the engine to make it go boom. Perfect. Yeah. Give me a perception check with a you're looking for a very specific thing. So I'll say take a like a like a plus two circumstance bonus. You might already get that anyways, just for being an investigator. I, don't know. I wish I get a plus one all the time, but I will take my. I'll give you a plus two based on all the clues you've had. And if, if it's there, right, you're looking for like if there's engine grease, it's going to be easier to spot unless he's somehow hit it. from you. Yeah, or like I'm hoping it smells like it. Yeah. Come on. Ugh. Well, 17. Yeah, uh, looking over the bottom of his foot, uh, there doesn't, there's no sign of engine grease. There's no smell coming off it. There's nothing um, on the bottom of his shoes that really show him being like on the engine or anything like that. You have a hero point from I Watch Twitch 2018. Yeah, yeah, I do. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I wa I watch Twitch tw 1218. Numbers. What do they mean? So, so he's like, uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm kind of just getting sick of this. You're, you keep asking me all these questions. Like you don't trust me. If you're, if you're gonna do something, do it. But I gotta serve. This is my job. I can't put my job in jeopardy. And he like right behind you. Kind of pushes past and you you and him both come with a tray of food down the stairs and they're sort of uh, uh we cut back to the present where everyone is eating their meal that you guys have cooked for them. It, it's nothing extravagant, but it's enough to fill your bellies and it's hot and uh so the the crew, the outlaws, the whole crew, everyone is sort of in this room. The only people that aren't here are the goblins up in the engine rooms. We have Dezen on the bridge sort of um, driving and like, you know, he's taking a plate of food and he eats up there. And then Farah is up asleep in her bedroom. So he's the only crew member. So Lucky's the only crew member that's there right now. Lucky. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's it's all the passengers and Lucky and all the rest of the crew is, is kind of doing their job. And Lucky is technically doing his job, which is sort of feeding, bartending, making sure all the, your, your guys' needs is taken care of. When we serve the food, I'm going to approach the halfling couple. More fun stuff on the investigation. I'm checking everybody's shoes to see if there might be anything in there. Would y'all mind just really quickly? Shoes? 
they both like they both kind of look at each other shrug oh wait out of character those are halflings they might not be wearing shoes <laughs> that's that's a good point this perception check's gonna be weird <laughs> they say shoes and they look down and they don't have like shoes on but they have like very like kind of fancy jewelry like toe rings and stuff like on their feet they don't have any shoes but they do lift up to show you the bottom of their shoe their feet definitely dirty you can give me an active perception check you're looking for grease this investigation took a fucking turn (laughs) (laughs) ruffy you look across the room and you just see like these halflings put their feet up on the table i know you don't really care for halflings fucking halflings no manners 15 all right 15 yeah no signs of of grease or engine or anything other than you know normal halflings walking around barefoot in a fairly dirty dingy place very quickly up thank you thank you and then excuse the heck out of myself do you lean in and take a sniff to see if it smells like grease i honestly probably (laughs) (laughs) as you like sniff her feet like the husband's eyebrow goes up a little bit i'm sorry it's not weird I'm a, yeah, pro- I'm a professional, he says. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no there's no outward sign. He is just here, like, looking at Saruk weirdly. You get to know something new about a person every day, huh? This is the day Saruk gets kink-shamed out of the party. <laughs> and then, uh, so, like, the, the, like the, the husband sort of lifts his feet up so you can smell his feet, too, and the same thing. There's no sign of grease, no <laughs> smell, nothing. Just, just as, as you're doing this, you kind of look slowly across, and then I think there's a table with, like, Rufficule and Anita and Hal just kind of, like, like, watching you with their jaws, like, drop just a little bit. I'll stand up. It's not weird. Figure anything out there, Saruk. Yeah, one piece at a time. When Lucky comes by to our table, I'm assuming Ruffy's there as well, right? So I just say out loud, Ruffy, did you know that we found like some tools, like engineer tools, inside the quarters of, the, of this man right here, of Lucky? Did you know? Isn't that interesting? While they're having this conversation, I'm gonna run the hell back up to the crew quarters and go pick him through, see if I can't find like another pair of shoes Lucky might have wore or anything else that might be incriminating. Let me get a bit more comfortable eating here. And I take out the pistol, put it on the table, and glance over to him with my red eye. He looks at the two of you and he's he like he like literally like kinda like drops like the tray kinda harshly on your thing, which spills your food a little bit. Oh, that's alright. Somebody's setting me up! And he like kinda huffs and puffs and storms away. Do I believe him? Well, let's see. I was also trying to demoralize him as well with intimidating glare, but you, you can make the intimidating glare just uh, check. What are your guys' perception DCs? I'm not done with my questions. But I wasn't. I wanted to talk about engineering. You seem so interested in it. Oh, Anita, Patsy, <laughs> we are so good at Pathfinder tonight, guys. You're really good at Pathfinder. I think he. I think he storms away before I can even look at him. Maybe he just avoids your your eyes. I will say, though, Anita and Refi, as he does this and he huffs and puffs, you both kind of look at each other with your eyebrows raised. You feel like he's putting on a 
bit of a show here. Like he's playing up his anger at being questioned to cover up the fact that he might be lying to you. Like you both get the sense that when he says he's being set up, that he's not being truthful. And then I look at the merchants that we brought and say, it's true. He's really interested in engineering so much so that all of this stuff that they said that were missing were found in his quarters. And I'm going to see their reactions as well. Give me uh, perception checks. A perception check as you watch them over. They're like watching you. They're not actually saying anything to you. They're just kind of like. They're just like nodding at you, like, yes, please stop talking to me, and then like eating their food as fast as they can. Yeah, and as you watch the the, the two, you really get the sense not that they're hiding anything, more that they are just like, God, I wish everybody in the ship would just stop talking to us. We really are out of our element here. And they really seem to regret taking this journey, but nothing deceptive, nothing out of the ordinary. Their behaviors seem consistent with how they've been behaving. I got a question for y'all. What are you guys going on about? I think he's the one that did all the... Did what? Bucky. Put the chain in the engine. Made it go boom. The little guy. Oh, yes, yes. Is that what you think? Don't let the height fool you, Hal. Right? Halflings always count on people looking down on him. Hmm? I don't really care what they are. That, that little guy... He did it. I think so, because... I think so. Saruk said he he had, like, grease on his hands, and then when we were in his quarters, like, there was a lot of the things missing, the tools that you'd only find in the engineering bay. It's in there. How do we know he doesn't know Mugland? Hmm? What if they're related? Probably not all halflings know Mugland. They're not all related. That's not that's not how it works. Do we know that for sure? You could ask him, but there's so many halflings. Oh, hang on a second, we're trying to solve a mystery. Maybe we could help Saruk. Did Saruk tell us that like um uh what's his name? Lucky w- would want his own airship as well? Did he say everything? It's in my notes right now. <laughs> the, the gestalt consciousness that is the party. Yeah, at some point it makes sense. Strook's good as a job. But he's too trusting. He, Saruk was doing his investigating and and Saruk said that the there was this chain that was found in the engine block and then there was grease in his hands and then something about the goblin engineer saying that to not trust him so much. And then the tools. I'm thinking that what if... Because Lucky also wants his own airship. What if Lucky was just trying to disable the ship so that Farrah doesn't have her own ship anymore and that he could buy it at his own price? Did we ask it under duress? Alright, I think we've been a bit far too polite. Why don't we bring him topside? Yeah, grab... Isn't there a outside bar? Like, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the back of this level, if you go south, it basically opens and it's just open air thing. It's really cold out there right now, but it's not as cold as being on top of the ship. It's still pretty dang cold. Wait, where's Loki? Where's Saruk? Saruk's by himself. Meanwhile, Saruk is just tearing through the crew quarters for any kind of evidence. I think Hal's gonna... Once Lucky comes back, he's gonna grab him and 
haul his ass out the back and hang him over the edge and say, did you break it or not? And if you say no, I'm going to drop you. So I will say what happens is like, Saruk, you're going through the room. Give me the perception check. Uh, you kind of, while you're up there tearing through it, uh, Lucky is like angrily stomping up to his room and he walks in on you essentially going through his like private stuff and is standing in the door frame like kind of like you know just like get the fuck out of my room i'll tell you you make your roll i'll tell you if you find anything and then immediately like ruffy and Hal like kind of just appear right behind him in the doorway uh with a 25 you don't find anything more than you've already found just this like you know the very obvious bits of spare parts and tools from the crew's quarters that were stuffed in here earlier that's all that you find the same stuff you found before but he gets angry and then the Ruffy and and Halbrant show up and like sort of like what just like manhandle him and drag him out to the back of the ship. Hal can do that. Hal's doing a great job. I'm following just whistling. <laughs> okay. So as you're going through the room, Saruk, they grab Lucky and drag him away out of your vision. Lucky's being behind. dragged. Yeah. He follows behind and you kind of are able. There's even like a spiral staircase that goes from the lounge straight down to the deck where you don't have to drag him through the middle of the ship where everyone can see. I think as you're going down the hall, he sort of like is kicking and screaming, making trying to make as much noise as he can by kicking the walls, hitting the walls, but he gets dragged out, and there's a scene out on the open air, right? Describe exactly what's going on, Hal. Hal is going to drag him and look poignantly at Vashon as he drags him through the dining room because he's not going to go down a spiral staircase. And then drag him out and hang him over the edge. He's going to probably pull his snap leaf out and put it on his uh, chest and say, I'm going to let you go. And either you can fall or you can tell me what's going on. The snap leaf, that's, that's the thing that will like let you fall and like, like what do you call it? Like the feather fall? Type feather thing. fall. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, make a... Well, this is definitely a coerce action. It is. With a plus one, even. Coerce with help from Saruk. Saruk is just yeah. towering over everyone. It comes down to an intimidation check. All right. Oh, sure. When Hal threatens violence, everyone gets in on it. But when Refi <laughs> does it, no, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> One and Ooh. Oh. Only plus one. I was like, wow, 17 on the dice. Plus one. one. You're Rip. good at making like scary, intimidating things, but I think you're too nice how people just aren't sure that you actually have the guts to follow through on your threats or something, because you don't have the bonuses to back up the awesome things you're setting up. Except for to let them go. Probably even the clue in circumstance bonus, I think that the circumstance bonus is a little higher, hanging someone off the edge of the ship, you know? Plus nine status bonus for impending death. I'll give it plus two, which brings it to a 19. So, let's see. This targets his will save, right? You know what? If that's the case, I realize I have a thing that I could do. Don't mind me as I'm pulling everything that I can. Two and you get a 19. Okay. Anita just looks at Ruffy. 
It's because you kill people after you intimidate him, Murphy. It's a long way down. At a certain point, people have to know that you're willing to follow through for the intimidation to be successful. So, so you, you do this whole thing, there's a big build-up, and as you're hanging him there, you can tell, like, any any pretense, any, like, bit of, like, f- like, friendliness that he's had with you has been spent in this action. Like, this is, like, kind of like a final gambit, right? Like, he basically is turned from being, like, neutral, unfriendly, and I think you see the anger in his eyes as he sort of switches from unfriendly to hostile with this action. And he just looks back at you and he says, if you're going to do it, fucking do it. And he dares you to do it. How does it? Lucky's lucky. You watch as it disappears. Like lucky falls off the back of the ship. He's hoping that man's is smart enough to use his reaction and use the snap leaf. Otherwise it's going to be a short trip. I'm Googling Snapply real quick. I put it in the chat if you scroll up just a little bit. Okay, it's not... It's not invested, right? Right. It's just a talisman. Okay, okay. In the darkness, he drops down, he disappears down, starts filling towards the sky. Whether he activates it or not, it's, you know, it's pretty high up. It's hard to see. If somebody wants to peer over the edge and try to see... It's not apparent whether he actually activates it or if he plans to his death. I peer over the edge. The person who we establish is air sick <laughs> peers over the edge. There's a thing on your chest. You criminal scum. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that perception check. Albrand, I didn't think you had it in you. Natural 20. Natural 20. <laughs> now you hit the natural 20. Yeah, so uh, you definitely see. It's hard to see as you look over the edge. You don't even have like full on dark vision, but you have slight low light vision, I think. Um, but yeah, you, you do notice it does activate. Look, once he's fallen a fair bit of distance and he is going to survive his fall. At least he's not going to hit the ground. He's going to be stranded in the middle of the like the desert, right? We're going to go pick him up. Yeah. Honestly, I like your approach. That's is this what they call frontier justice? Turns to Refi. You're you might be on the right idea here, Hal. We don't really need a bartender cook to fly this contraption, do we, Annie? I think you can answer that question yourself. I just look, I'm not the brains here, right? I just want to double check. So we're leaving the man just in the desert where a reindeer Lion with wings could eat him. Or they find a caravan, or they find a settlement. If they did That's it. That's one suspect where we know for sure can't do any more damage to the ship. Now, how much crew do we need to actually fly this thing? And did the passengers pay up front and I turn and look towards the rest of the passengers? I mean, uh, I don't see another way we get to the bottom of this until they get to the bottom down there. So, who wants to speak up? Is this you trying to scare all the passengers? If I can. There is a very hushed room of people that are, like, gone pale white as they just watch you push this man to his death off the airship. Right? They're not entirely sure about the whole, like, activation thing and all that happening. As far as they're concerned, you just pushed the crew member 
to its their death. And none of these members are crew. This is all passengers. Kitty. <laughs> and I think every single one of them is definitely looking at you very fucking scared right now. So if anyone has anything they'd like to share, now'd be the time. Because I feel like we need to lighten our load. I think at this, Saruk will cut Refi off. The man will survive. If he did it, then we don't have to worry about him anymore, and we will track him down when we land. If he did not do it, Saruk lets the implication hang. Why don't you give an intimidation check, Refi? Just I know you don't have like group intimidation or anything, but just a general menacing intimidation moment here. And I kind of lean out... Saruk, you're not supposed to tell him that he's going to survive. And, and you're not supposed to be a fucking psychopath. Huh. That's debatable. Just glare and then go back to PR mode. I think uh, at this point, Hal's going to walk to the captain, the Dansby, and uh, tell him we need to like spiral down to the desert floor and pick up something. So there is a moment where Ruffy does this. Everyone, every single like of these passengers, they're all like looking back and forth. You got the 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 couple looking at each other. We're looking at Gattleby. Gattleby's like staring off, like shaking his head out the window. Um, and Celessa is sort of like giving you guys like kind of a nod of approval. She's got a drink in her hand. She's like, eh, you know, she she likes your tactics. But nobody seems to cop to anything, Refi. And then like Saruk is there, kind of like, oh yeah, you know, he's gonna survive. And everyone sort of plays and how pushes through this sort of scene up to the front because you got to walk through everyone get to the sort of captain's like thing and the door is like locked right Desen's in there he's flying the ship the door behind him is locked so you'd have to like basically knock to uh to get access you can't just walk into the captain's quarters or the the flight deck I'll knock so there's like a so you hear like the oh yes is everything all right back there Nope, somebody fell overboard. <laughs> Immediately, like, you hear the locks on the inside, like, a panic dozen is like, say that again. Somebody fell overboard? He's looking past you to see what's going on. Yeah, they fell overboard with help. But fortunately, I was able to clamp a snap leaf on their suit, and he, I need to say he floated down. So we need to do some circles and spiral down pick him up all right all right he kind of goes and you see him he goes up and he's got this handle and he like pulls it and it's like it's almost like an air horn sounds and he does like three short pulls i'm gonna stop him what are you i got a signal through got the goblins gotta if we're, if we're going down and turn around i'm gonna need them to start letting out some of the the gas i don't want farah waking up while she's asleep she seems to be ornery when she's a little tired do you think you can handle the controls for a minute? Yes. <laughs> oh, how he says we're stealing an airship. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> crashing an airship. Pushes past you and leaves. Like how you look up, you're in the middle of the flight deck of this thing. There's like a big uh, wheel that you can use to sort of steer the rudders. On the side of you, there's all kinds of gauges. There's at least like six, seven gauges, each with different numbers on it. On the left side, there's some other like weird uh, turn wheel and a bunch of levers and buttons you can push. And everything's kind of flashing and, and steaming and buzzing. And for the moment, you find yourself here at the helm of the second kiss. 
So when I see homie come out and go up the stairs, Ruffy, don't say anything else fucking stupid. I'm going to make sure we don't die. What Saruk sees is Hal has removed his rope around his blanket <laughs> and he's tied it to a piece of mechanism and the wheel and he's leaning against the rail smoking a cigarette. Like, no clue what he's doing. Halbert Beastwood by each and every god get out of my way right now. And I'm gonna just grab the wheel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the real lucky thing here, and you have your pilot lore trained for the day, so you know this, like... Not for this situation, but for an adjacent one. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's very little that can be done. Uh, very little that needs to be done to just keep sort of going, right? You're, you've got the airship that floats. You can kind of maybe guide it. And really, the real thing here is the pilot needs to basically find a way to, to not fight the wind too much, kind of use the wind to help guide it and avoid the like most turbulent airs. But otherwise, without Act 1 actively trying to sabotage this, it's not like there's a yoke that you can pull to like nosedive into the ground here. It's relatively harmless. But there is, there is, there is an emergency button over there on that side that if you push, you know, would immediately like detach the, the, um, the entire cabin from the like balloon above it just free fall you guys to the ground and it's like right where like Hal's sort of like coat is like tossed over the chair i'm just gonna move the coat gingerly away why is that oh we're flying and there's an emergency better detach the fucking battle bridge sure why not <laughs> it looks like there's usually like a protective thing that goes over it so it doesn't accidentally get pushed it's long been broken off and not replaced and now i am telling osha I look at uh, Saruk and I say, well, I don't think he did it. And he's never going to say I won't do something again once we pick him up. But do you think the captain had anything or that Dandy had anything to do with this? Maybe the blonde, but I doubt it. The blonde was... Well, I guess you were with, within an inch of Phrasma, so you wouldn't know, but they were in there the whole time. That guy definitely did it. All of the clues point to him. I just... Captain wants evidence, and evidence is... Well, the gears, I suppose. Chain plus gears definitely puts him there. Let's see what he says after we pick him up. Yeah. So there's the sort of, like like montage scene where Dezen goes up and tells the goblins that they need to like let out the gas so they can descend. The goblins are like cursing at him, throwing tools at him. They have to like, basically to like descend, they need to like let out the gas and they only leave with so much gas sort of done. So like inflating and deflating going up and down is kind of tough for them. Like they lose, it's like you're losing some resources to do this, but they can do it. It's not like they're, they bought just enough to get where you're going. They have reserves, so they're able to do it. They agree to, to not, you know, make a big deal of it at the moment. Although, you know, very clearly somebody's going to report it to Farrah the next day. But they're not, they're willing to let her sleep and wake up and get the report when she does. So, yeah, you are able to circle back around, descend, and go back. But like as you kind of go low over the Spellscar Desert and here in like the pitch black, it becomes very hard to like see where this guy might even be. I have dark vision. I have a scout sitting right next to me. So if if everyone um, would like to make perception checks, if there's any other features or abilities you have that you can use to help this out, like finding, tracking, things like that. 
I mean, I think what we could do uh, as I'm moving the ship down, if if Hal is up here, well, there's this handy periscope. <laughs> there is. Could we maybe uh, have a bigger field of view and be scanning as we go? I'll give you a circumstance bonus for using the uh, the little Oculus device. I can see in darkness as if it were dim light, and I can see in dim light as if it were bright light. Okay, so it definitely is like dim light because it's pure darkness out here in the desert. So you're seeing in terms of like dim light. Oh, aid Hal. Anita's looking with Anita's roll. She sees nothing as you guys circle back around towards where he might be. Could I also have helped the goblins when it came to deflating and uh, going lower for this man? I think the goblins are very protective, especially with the sabotage that's happened and you being a suspect. They are not very receptive to you being in their workspace. However, Dezen is fine. He's he's more than willing to have you on the flight deck and kind of show you from the pilot's perspective how he does things. Yeah, I'll be sitting there learning. That's fine. But the goblins, I think the goblins are a little suspicious of you right now. So far, I have a roll from Anita. Anyone else doing active roles? Yeah, I was going to do an active roll. You can get an item bonus from the sort of scout, like the the, the instruments on the flight deck. Uh, Saruk's giving a circumstance bonus. I suppose if I can while I'm landing, I'll... Yeah, I think so. I mean, Desen, Desen was really only only excusing himself for enough time to let the goblins know what's up, and then he returned to the flight deck to sort of take captain's duties. So he's, he's taking primary flight. You guys just kind of held the bridge down while he went to... By the way, like, if there's an active sabotager and he, you know, he just left you guys on the flight deck. If you were the sabotagers, you could have easily just, like, taken down the ship. Ah, shit, we got a TPK. Damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> I should have rolled that in secret. This might be. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Uh, with the 25, I think you would have basically, like, scanned the distance. I think as you guys circle back around, there's almost, like, a lost bit of hope because there's, like, no sign of him for, like, the longest time. And it's not until, like, Saruk just catches just the sort of glint, almost like a um, like a, a little bit of light, like, glinting off of something. And it kind of catches your eye, and you kind of, like, zoom in, and you can see what looks like just a small speck sort of in the middle of this, like, spell, like, the desert. And it looks like there's just the faintest bit of, like, footsteps in the sand, like, leading towards them. You think you've at least found his trail and possibly where he is off in the distance. You barely like picked up a small bit. Yeah. Over that way. I'm there's no way in each and every hell I'm going to catch somebody out there. I think I'll give you guys cover from up top. And back I go to the only person that, that caught any sign as everyone was doing. It was Saruk. You're the only one that got any sign of where he is, but with that, you're able to at least steer the ship towards it but i think the interesting thing is as the ship sort of continues towards it it doesn't either he doesn't see you or he doesn't want to see you and he's ignoring you and just kind of like walking <laughs> could i use my academia law to go back into my knowledge of physics and figure and triangulate maybe where this person would have landed as you're saying that I'm, they're over there i've got it Oh, never mind. Like, <laughs> wait, wind, speed. Yes, yes, you're wonderful. I 
grab the Giselle back from Refi. Don't kill him unless he attacks you first, and then... Alright. Let's go get him. I will keep watch from the ballista. Yeah, are you guys... So you guys actually, like, land... Land the ship? And get out? Can it be hovering in case we get chased? I feel like hovering is smarter. It can be hovering, although the only way on or off the ship is basically these loading docks that fold out from the bottom floor. They like they like open and slide down almost like a loading dock. So you don't you'd have to like if somebody has like a rope ladder or something, you could drop or kick a rope ladder over the side down. But it's not equipped with those. It's only equipped with loading ramps. Hmm. Ladder, ladder. I don't have a rope. Blast boots. The way it normally works, right, is it gets really close to the ground. It still is technically hovering, but you're talking like you're you're hovering so low that the load, loading ramp like goes all the way down to the dirt. So if you're fine with that, it's still hovering. It's not like tied down. They basically go really low, and then they sort of somebody goes down with a rope and, and anchors it to stuff when it wants to stay permanently. So you guys can just have it sort of lower enough for the ramp to drop. You can get off and then not tie it off, and it just sort of will be. A little bit with the breeze. It's not secured or anything, but it's possible. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good. Uh, I'll go out and tie rope to it. No, I'm done with you people. Go away. He's just like storming away from you. I'm not going to live out here. You can either go back and I will apologize, but you got to admit a man of word you fucking pushed me off the ship yeah you told me you're gonna do it i didn't believe you well do you believe me now well yeah but that's why i don't want to be on a fucking ship with you i'll apologize you're not gonna live out here and that is the truth he's it's very it's very fucking cold out here by the way and he's like looks like he's about the man's made up his mind, Hal. Just leave him. I mean, he do- obviously doesn't want to be able to buy his airship anymore. He doesn't want to get the gold that Muglin promised to pay him. So, we'll just leave him and go. We we made our best effort to get him, didn't we not? You, you hear he says, like, eh, make it, you know what? Make a diplomacy check, Ruffy. I think that's... <laughs> I know it's not your strong suit, but I think if anyone watching has any channel points, this would be the time to maybe get me a hero point. Alright, let's go with that big old plus two bonus. Look at what the Heisenberg 010. Thank you, Heisenberg. I'm not sure I can do much better, but we'll see. Come on, Nat 20. Come on. Ah. It was so close to a nat 20. I was watching the dice and it almost tipped over. We're so good at Pathfinder. I mean, <laughs> we are until someone starts threatening the whole fucking crew. He spins around and says, I don't know. The- Mugland! Who's Mugland? Want to know what I was... Look, come here. I got to show you something. And you see him like sort of going into his pockets like he's looking for something. I just immediately reach for my gun as soon as he notices. <laughs> yeah, it's that You meme. go for the gun. <laughs> He's walking right at you, Hal, and he's like patting his his like chest, like he's looking for something. As he's like stomping, like basically like kind of like coming right at you, Hal, and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking show you what I'm talking about." What is Hal doing? 
Ruffy's got the gun out. I, you... I, I mean, I, I go put my hand towards my hip, ready to draw when... Saruk's on the ballista with it loaded, like trained right on this this uh, this guy. Uh, what's Anita doing? I'm with Wybert. Are you on the ship? Oh. Or did you Where go down is Wybert, by the way? Where is my pride and joy? <laughs> he's in your lounge because he's so big. He's just kind of like like stuck in a corner of the lounge. It's the only space big enough for him. Got it. Got it. So I'd probably be on like the top of the loading dock. With still with a clear view on them, so I'm in between everyone else. Yeah. So how he's coming at you, and he's like, you just see the frustration is built over. He's promising to show you something. Uh, why not? I think Hal will turn into a very large white wolf in man form. Ooh. Oh, when I say that, can I also like just? Hold on to my bottled lightning. Sure. Yeah. I think they're pretty far off the ship, though. They've walked, like, probably well over 100 feet from the edge of the ship, especially with it drifting and them out there. You're definitely not close enough to, like, throw it, but you're close enough to have a sight of what's going on, right? Okay. I think he comes at, at you guys. Ruffy and Hal, why don't you give me a perception check? Actually, Saruk, you can give me a perception check, too. Anita, why don't you give me a perception check as well? 28. And... Finally, natural 20 for 30. Nice. Ooh, okay, so here's what happens. You got a natural 20 for 30. That's really good. In this case, everyone rolled pretty good, except for Anita, who's completely, like, squinting, like, what's going on out there? What is happening is that this is an initiative roll against Lucky. And these are your perceptions you rolled is your initiative roll. And his initiative is being done by his deception check, which is up till now private. And I will now reveal it to everyone. He rolled a Plus 31. <gasps> Coward. Which, which beat all which beat all of you. A 13? What I'm gonna do is But does my natural 20 count as bumping it up to a critical success for something? Not for initiatives, unfortunately. Uh, That's disappointing. <laughs> I think you you do get the sense your natural twenty beats the fact that he's doing something, and I think you realize a moment too late that he's going for a blade in his under his pocket, and as it comes out, you're kind of surprised. You react to it, but he's faster with his reaction. Any pretense of this bumbling, stuttering idiot is out the window as he catches you all off guard. He's focused on how with intent. And he's going to go first. Um, so just to make it easier, have everyone come down to the bottom floor of the ship so we can all be on the same map for this Theater of the Mind initiative. Which means I need to be on the flight deck. Yes, the the second kiss flight deck. And then you can add yourself to um, initiative once you're down here. I'm hoping I can just drag myself out. Right? No. Damn. I'll copy paste you and I will pull yeah everyone pulled the scene okay so you should ever so now you guys I will use I will set all your roles that we had as your initiative roles so let me just do that um, Ruffy initiative lucky initiative Anita initiative Saruk initiative Everybody would get a plus two for scouting. 
Ooh, that's true. Ooh, that so gives me that 32. makes it 32. It does beat him. That is that is true. Yes. That is that is really cool. So I'll just roll for the. So then that gives me a number, which I know where it is. Uh, 30. So this is actually true because of the bonus provided by Hal and his scouting. You can see that he's going for a blade and he's ready to like basically put it into Hal, but you're fast enough to react first. I knew it was you all along, you little bastard. What would you like to do? First, free action, draw my pistol. Part of my gunslinger talent. Second action, I would like to take a free stride action towards an enemy that I can see. How far away is he? Uh, from you and Hal, like he's he's basically right on Hal. He's no more than like thirty feet away from you at this point. So would I be able to get to him in one stride action? I think you would have stayed close enough to Hal that you would have been able to cover him. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to see the glint of the blade, rush up and draw my pistol, and as I get there, I'm going to shoot him in the knee. Poor, poor lucky Link. Poor fucking nothing. That guy's guilty as sin. <laughs> yes, he is. And now we have evidence. A, he tried to that's kill a 29. us. 29 is a hit, but not a crit. Oh, no. All right. He takes the full seven points of damage. He is now flat footed to my next melee strike, which I will do right now with a reloading strike. That's a critical hit. Not on the gunshot, unfortunately, but still a critical hit. Ah, shit. I forgot to say I wanted to do non-lethal. That's why I wanted to punch him, but it's all right. We just said it was non-lethal. Ta-da. I mean, melee its are non-lethal by default, right? Uh, martial arts dedication. Yeah, there's just there's not a penalty to going to non-lethal. Got it. It has, it has the non-lethal tag. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. So you say this is non-lethal? Yes. Wow, Ruffy is growing. Character development. Is he? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just... He also wants to be proven right, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, I fucking did. <laughs> 14 points of damage, and they must succeed on a... Do I get critical plus? No, I, I don't want an expert, not master, so... I mean, it's giving it to you, so I think if you have expert... I think it does trigger... We looked this up last time, right? It had to do with something. I think the brawling focus gives you the critical specialization in all mod. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he does need to make the uh, fortitude save. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a critical failure. So he is slowed. Liar. Your strike stuns him. Mm -hmm. Slowing him. And for my third action, I'm going to use intimidating glare. Nice. Okay. Well, also, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something too, but I want to use intimidating glare. I'm gonna say, "How do you think this is gonna end, friend? There's no one here to see, hear you scream." Make uh, the intimidation check. Wow, you're on a roll, man. That is a success, but not a critical success. So he also becomes feared one. Mm-hmm, and that's my turn. Great ground. Ruffy's, Ruffy's, Ruffy's done with all this talking and investigating. Let's let's <laughs> figure this out with our... I think this. the blade starts coming at Hal, right? But you've intercepted him, you've blasted him, you've punched him, you've stunned him, you've frightened him. 
he's like a little bit dazed. I think he he only has two actions to spend because of this. Um, so I think his first action is to draw the dagger that he has. Um, is drawing a weapon a manipulate action? Yes. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? It is. So this is a manipulate action, which does trigger an opportunity attack for Hal. I would like to take it. Is he flat-footed? Oh, it's only to my melee strike, yeah. Got it, got it, okay. Uh, unless demoralized. Uh, no, I think I think it was just the... Yeah, I don't think he's... Yeah, he's frightened. Yeah, yeah, he's not flat-footed or anything. All right, go ahead and make that attack, Hal. I heard... Woo! That's a 33, which is absolutely a critical hit. Another slowed... <laughs> Let's see those crits in chat, everybody. Uh, another failure, which takes him slowed one, but he stay He's already slowed one, so he just stays slowed one until the end of your next turn. Another crit, wow. Um, but since it's a crit and it's a manipulate action, it interrupts the manipulate action, which means he can't actually get the dagger drawn. So then his third action is... I guess his third action is to just draw it again. He actually goes for it draws it and he's getting ready to stab you but you can tell he's so woozy that he can't actually do anything and he spends his whole turn just drawing the the weapon uh saruk sitting on top of the ship with the ballista trained right on this dude hockey dokey so i didn't want to cut off the role play but uh, in the intervening space saruk loads the ballista points it is holding the giselle two-handed and at the start of the turn untap upkeep devise a stratagem Sheesh! A 31. Oh my God. A 31, you say. Uh, so plus one from the, the item bonus. Would a 32 hit this man's? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how far the ship actually is. We said Anita's like 100 feet away, and your range is what? Uh, range of a Giselle is. 180. Oh, okay. uh, 180, you said last time? Well, right. That's the uh, backpack where it says 180. Giselle is like 100, something like. Gotcha. 120. Here, I'll pop it up really They may or may not be in my second range increment. Actually, I don't I don't think it even matters, even if they are. Uh, yeah, that is going to hit. In fact, it's a crit. Yeah. Ooh. Woo! Thank you. I appreciate it. More crits okay, in so... chat. More crits in chat. More crits in chat. So many. The, yeah, this guy, this is what he gets for fucking gaslighting us for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> With his okay. plus 13 deception. <laughs> He's pretty good at it. Finding all the buttons, making sure I'm holding it right, because Giselles have a very big, very scary fatal D12. And Devise Strat is on. This is also non-lethal because of that. Feed I took at level one. That's 2D12 plus 2D6 plus 1D12 times two. Lord. <laughs> to Shit. his face, he takes 58 points of damage. All right, you guys watch us from the top of the, sh- the ship, watching this unfold. Perfectly timed. Saruk hits Lucky with a non-lethal critical hit, dealing 58 points of damage. Combined with every bit of damage you guys have done so far, it just is enough to drop Lucky as you watch his, like, it kind of, like, his eyes roll back and he crumbles to your feet, Hal, and Ruffy. Unconscious, the dagger sort of drips from his hand, um, and as you see, like, looking at it, the edge of the blade looks coated in some sort of poison. At this, Saruk is going to go down and wake the captain. He'll change back into himself and disarm him of anything lethal, clean out his pockets, Mm. just everything, since I can see in the dark. He's got a, uh, definitely got like a a little coat pistol hidden in his pocket. He's got 
a, the dagger that he's already dropped. He's got a freaking short sword tucked into the back. It's still holstered. And in his pockets, he's got like a, a little hidden thing of thieves tools. He's got a bit, a vial of some sort of green liquid that looks to be poison. And he's got a weird sort of, uh, it, it's, it's a feathery token. It looks like to be a feather from some sort of exotic bird. And the, the dip, the tip of it is just dipped in gold and has a little rune carved on it. And then we will tie him up and take him back. I'm just going to drop everything he has into your uh, inventory house. I want to make sure to keep it on him. Oh, I see. Evidence, right? Evidence-wise, yeah, yeah, I see. Okay. So I'll put it on you just so you can see it, but then he's, you know, carrying it. So, yeah, you wake up Farah, and she's immediately upset that you guys have, like, stopped the ship. She wants to know what's going on. She crawls out of bed. She's, like, before she's, like, she's half groggy. She gets up. She's still, like, wearing, like, her pajamas are, like, half hanging off her, but she stops, lights up a cigarette. <sighs> what the fuck is going on? Immediately pulls the robe on, stomps out. Show me. I'll heal him for 1d8 of health. Just 1d8. There you go. He's awake. So he's awake. He's, 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 you've been, you've taken everything away from him, you know, in terms of him being able to hurt you. He's, like, holding it, but you guys have him tied up. He, he's not able to do anything. You've already kicked his ass, right? He's completely defeated, deflated. He's lying there, like, crying on the floor at your feet. Saruk's bringing Farah down. You guys are there with him right before that happens. Do you guys do or say anything in those moments before Farah shows up? I don't think so. Just waiting? Yep. That's not the investigator. But you got it fucking done, didn't you? Hmm. It's time it's to tell eater. the truth, friend. Hmm. Right. <laughs> and Farrah is just like, you know, like, spill it, right? <laughs> All right, I admit it. I got hired to sabotage this journey. <laughs> By whom? Rhymes with Ambrose Mugland. I don't know any Mugland, all right? It was, I don't even know who this dude was. He just showed up and said he had an opportunity for me. Paid me a whole bunch of money. Just said, make sure the ship doesn't get past Cloud Reaver Keep, all right? That's it. Describe them. Uh, dressed really nice clothes. Oh, wait. I'm pretty sure they said they work for the Gilded Gunners. Buzz go the bumblebees. They, they they sought me out. They said they had an opportunity. They asked, they gave me your descriptions. I said, yes, they're going to be on the ship. They said, I'm not to let the ship get past Cloud Reaver Keep. Stall them. They, I wasn't going to hurt anyone. You got to believe me. I would, but you don't know the half. Captain, what do we do with him? leave him very well and I think Hal will change into his wolf form and start howling as if to call the wolves of the desert towards the prey and go back now we take all the good stuff out of his pockets after we strip him down to his underwear (laughs) yeah and as you howl out in the distance right there is like the small sort of like howl off in the distance and come back like um, 
like a very guttural howl, some large creature that has been, you know, not summoned, but at least alerted, called, talked to. And in your experience, how it won't be long before they come investigating and see what's going on. And he stops. No, 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 please, please let me. You can't leave me out here. It's not up to me. It's up to your boss. His eyes pleaded every single one of you. Does everyone just turn around and leave him? Like, I give him a ration. <laughs> Very nice, considerate of you. You're welcome. I just grin at him. Actually, Saruk stops short and then turns around because he had a really good idea. This is important to point of question. Is there anyone else on the ship who is working for the Gilded Gunners? Oh, great question. Thanks. I thought of it on the spur of the moment. <laughs> 32. Plus 13. Let's see. The question is, is he telling the truth? Is he lying? He looks at you and he says, I mean, the crew's cool. I, I It's just you. I was just targeted for you. I, The crew's, they're all, they're all clean. Now let me on, please. I answered your question. He like tries to step on the platform with you, Saru. Uh, and as he says that, as he says that, you 100% believe him. There's nothing in what he's saying that seems untruthful to you. It's just the crew, though. Now we're being paranoid, Dina. Oh, sorry. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> is Farad like still on the when when foot is coming on? I mean, she's already sort of like walked up to the top of the thing, and she's ready to like lift the gate and leave him to his demise. Right? She's like Saruk. Leave him. The captain has made their decision. He made his choice. Yeah, the sort of like gate comes up. He's like trying to like get in. The ship sort of floats off without him. And he's like, I think the last shot is him sort of in the desert. The ship leaving him. He's running after it. He's dropped his ration in the sun or in the in the sand. And he sort of like is, is chasing after you. He stumbles and he falls face first into the dirt in the sand. And he's breathing heavily. There's like the high moon, the heavy moon high in the sky. And he's breathing, and then all you just hear is sort of like a growling noise, and we don't even really see it. We just see his face look sideways and go like a wide-eyed episode. I think the last thing we see from that like sort of blackness is sort of um, like it's like a scream in silence, and then sort of a last shot of the sort of airship coming into Cloud Reaver Keep that night, docking at the bay. You've reached Cloud Reaver Keep. You've successfully negated the danger to the crew and to the ship that was posed by the inside man, thanks to your very thorough investigation. And yeah, we arrive at Cloud Reaver Keep, um, giving you guys a chance to sort of resupply, pick up anything you need. Uh, Pharaoh just says, you know, we're going to stay here for maybe like three, four hours, buy what you need, and then we're off next stop, the Cradle of Quartz. <laughs>